The more there are assumptions about a contract or a business relationship, the greater the risk of you getting the short end of the stick. So you shouldn't assume, okay, ah, he knows my words, for example, and he's going to give me something meaningful. That's the, the, that assumption is wrong. It mm-hmm. is clearly stated what the how much money should change hands. So that is it. I mean, people might who come into freelancing might think that ah, what they think they are worth is what clients would think they are worth which is not uh, practical. So while you expect to make the most money possible, clients are wishing to pay you the least money possible. Find out from other people so that you don't enter into freelancing with uh, some fantasies existing in your head that do not play out in reality. Mm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Learn from people who have gone ahead and you avoid a lot of these mistakes. Hello, 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 good morning, and welcome to the Creatives Chronicles. On this show, we keep you informed, enlightened, and uh, updated on ways to thrive as a creative professional in today's world. My name is Bright Emeka, and joining me, as always, is the boss himself, Boss UK Chikunda. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning, and uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Freelancing. Well, when you're a freelancer, you are, uh, you've moved from being an employee, you now become a vendor, or in some cases, a solopreneur. And um, this comes with uh, its own set of challenges and experiences. You have to learn a whole lot of stuff. You have to learn client management, prospecting, business 101, and the ABCs, like um, always be closing and more and even deciding what time to start freelancing in your um, software development career or designing career can be in itself a challenge uh some persons might be like okay maybe after i intend to work for like two three years the next thing is just to freelance but okay what in your opinion when do you think the best is the best time to consider uh becoming a freelancer well, there is no best time. I think uh, anybody as at when they choose can become a freelancer. But to be successful at freelancing, I think the beside the technical skills, you need to be have uh, you need to have good marketing skills and also management, time management and uh, money management skills. That's what you need to be a good freelancer because. Most of the time, you, you you when you work for a company, the company you just provide your skills and the company takes care of the rest. The company sells your skills and advertises for clients and bills uh, handles the billings. But when you work for yourself, then you are now the company, so you have to go out there and look for clients. You have to uh, deal with time management. You have to do do the billing. You know. Um, what your cost is going to be and what your profit margin will look like and then you bill appropriately. So why there isn't a best time, it is not something that should be gone into without adequate preparation. Mm. Yeah, very true, very true, very true. And and, and this preparation, there is uh, no better time to uh, learn it than uh, before you get into it. That's like the best time to 
prepare yourself before you even start freelancing. Some, some, uh, if you read some blog or uh, you hear some people advise you, say, okay, start six months worth of um, expenses, just keep that uh, at one side. But in most cases, this is not um, readily available for some people. For some people, uh, freelancing is uh, entered into not by choice. For some, either they are laid off from previous employment or something happened and they just uh, find themselves as uh, freelancers. Uh, so for those kinds of persons, I, I would recommend um, learning by doing so. You experiment with what, what, what works and then find ways to get better at it. And freelancing, there are some unadded, uh, advertised complexities, like it might be wonderful or beautiful in your mind you might be dreaming okay you don't have to report to your boss so you can uh, wake up whenever you want you can uh, but this comes with a downside uh, you have to deliver client projects so it's not just about resting and resting and resting and chilling there are times uh, where you stay up very late working on client projects uh, but in, in your experience we, we, uh, for the times you've worked on client projects, uh, what were some things that were uh, unadvertised, like some complexities that came with becoming a freelancer? Uh, it's basically what I alluded to earlier. The fact that when you are working for a company, all the other components of uh, service delivery are hidden from you. So you're not exposed, or in any case, not fully exposed to the other components like marketing, billing, uh, maybe hiring other people, hiring and having to pay other people, and every other component of service delivery. Basically, when you're working for somebody, you only are aware of your own, your own personal efforts mm -hmm. you put in to complete the task. But that is, when running a business, that is most times uh, not as important as the other, other is important, but not as important as the other uh, factors that goes into service delivery as in client acquisition and service delivery. And of course, most times, yeah, the temptation of um, one, uh, look the attractiveness of wanting to be your own boss and wanting to wake up when you like and, and all those. So those are, those are basically sirens that they are not as attractive as the same. In, in most cases, depending on your schedule, being your own boss is much more stressful. Although it might be much more rewarding than working for somebody, but it's also much more stressful. Remember, when you're your own boss, all the things that your previous boss or company was doing for you, you now have to take, uh, do all those things. You now have to take care of those. So it's, of course, why it is good to want to be your own boss and wake up when you like. It is not as attractive as... As, or it's not as pleasurable as people might initially think it is. Even mm. though in the, in the long run, it might be rewarding. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, you mentioned client acquisition. So let's talk about some strategies that um, um, freelancers could use uh, for, for getting clients. Some, some persons might recommend uh, looking out for freelancing websites like um, either Upwork or FindWorker and, and the like. Uh, what would you recommend for freelancers what, what are some strategies they could use to get clients because this is going to be the lifeblood of any business you have to get clients you have to work on projects uh, what are some strategies you would recommend well it is a good uh, tactic to get yourself on 
uh, freelancing sites or freelancing marketplaces, you are competing against thousands and millions of others. Yeah. So sometimes to get a leg up, it might be best going through your network. You've worked with people before, you've worked for some people, so you could uh, try finding clients through those networks. Either them directly could be your clients or they could recommend you to others. So that gives you a leg up instead of having to just throw yourself out there on freelance marketplaces where you're competing. And most times you're, you're, you're not starting with a, a good enough reputation to compete favorably against people who have been there for years and years. Mm. So I think firstly, going through your network is the easiest way to acquire clients, at least in the beginning, till you have built your own reputation where some clients could come to you based on your a reputational history of service delivery. But in the beginning, going through your networks, it's the, the most successful way to acquire clients and the easiest. Mm, yeah, because uh, most of the times uh, you might sign up for all these uh, third-party marketplace and platforms and you'd stay for like five, six, seven months and you'd have no inquiry at all uh, because uh, most of these platforms work like rating systems, like they, they have a way where uh, people who are actually working on projects, it's kind of like a pyramid scheme in some form, but not really a pyramid scheme. Uh, so uh, like you said earlier, networking, your own network might be, it might be your best bet, like it is your best bet. Uh, now let's talk about uh, when you have gotten these clients. You have to think of um, managing processes, and communication here is your best friend. Like you have to learn how to communicate because uh, if things are not stated clearly, I, I remember in uh, a previous episode, you mentioned that everything should be recorded. Like you should have a, an email thread or a WhatsApp thread or something. There should be clear definition of terms. Uh, let's talk about some client management now. Would you recommend uh, outsourcing maybe your bookkeeping or uh, do, but you might not have plenty of funds to outsource. Uh, so client management, bookkeeping, uh, how do they keep their books? I understand you are very good with accounting. Uh, let's talk about bookkeeping. In the beginning, when you don't, uh, when you don't have enough funds, you might have to learn. Remember, as a freelancer, you're going to wear many hats. Yeah. There, there, are, there are very few times even when you have enough money, when you only wear one hat, while it is good to outsource, you might not have the funds to, to, to outsource. So basic bookkeeping is something that you can pick up and something that you should pick up as a freelancer. So you, for as a freelancer, you, you're running a one-man operation. You don't need any complex accounting operation. To, you just need the basic bookkeeping. And it's just a way to keep track of the way where and how money flows through your operation. So you should learn that yourself. Number one, it saves costs. Number two, well, you wanted to be a freelancer. Now you're there. You can't, you can't afford to wear one hat. You have to wear multiple hats. Uh, bookkeeping, the bookkeeping hats is one which you have to wear and is an important one because you need, you need, to, you need to have a, a good record of um, of where your money flows and you need to be able to manage your money well to be able to stay afloat as a freelancer 
uh, and not just managing your books, you have to also manage people and clients. Sometimes you might even subcontract some projects. You, you are now you will now be dealing with other freelancers, uh, and and this will call on everything you've learned in the past, whether you want it or not. You have to manage people and you have to manage timelines and projects. And there are times when things go like really south, like. Uh, I can tell you that like there are times when there are cases of um, clients not responding to your calls or payment in uh, payment of invoices notifications this is uh, an unadvertised consequence like it happens it happens like there are projects that you might work for and um, clients will just not uh, start responding boss have you experienced this this before we are uh, you finish a project and uh, maybe it, the part of the payment that the client is supposed to pay is either hanging somewhere. How did, how did you manage such? Uh, well, in some cases, you might that, that, that you have no, no management option. You might have to forego some payments. In some cases, mm-hmm. in some cases, if you can't recover the money, you can take steps to recover the money. The problem is sometimes the steps needed to recover such funds are more expensive than <laughs> the money itself hope to recover. so delays delays happen when you were a an employee you are getting your salary at the end of the month like clockwork but that's you, that, that's won't happen when you're dealing with clients there are, there are payment delays there can be payment delays so these are things you have to these are risks these are uh, business risks that you have to work around mitigating either through only delivering some jobs when you receive payment and the, whatever uh, process and method you can put in place to mitigate these risks. These are business risks and these are common occurrences in freelance. Yeah. Anybody who's uh, done some freelance jobs for an appreciable amount of time would have had to forgo some yeah. fund or would have experienced delays in payments. Contracts and uh, keeping documenting is important for freelancers. This can save you stress. Uh, like if you have like agreements, you do like maybe before you start a project, you send over legal documentation. And I was speaking with a lot of friends some, some time back, and um, she was saying that um, conversations and and, and um, email chats can be admitted, can can serve as. Um, some form of contract but they are not they can they can be used for uh, as um, evidence of agreements but I, I think it's best to actually have contracts. In, in laws contracts can be implied if there are no explicit explicit contracts contracts can be implied from the relationship and discussions between the two parties but the thing is an implied contract now it does not have specific terms they are there are, there are no specific provisions, so there are, there are enough loopholes for somebody to wriggle out of. But mm-hmm. beyond contracts also, while contracts help and while they are mandatory, they might, not, uh, they, are, they might not save you from all the risks of business because remember, a contract is only as strong or as ironclad as the person enforcing it. So let's say you finish a job and you have a very good contract outlining all the money you're supposed to get and when you're supposed to get it and the, the remaining 50k the client does not send it over you have a contract well but for you to get that money you have to enforce the contracts and if enforcing the contract is going to cost you 150k 
then does it make sense to take steps to enforce that contract, that 50k uh, balance? So while contracts helps, nobody should um, see a contract as a, 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 a bulletproof uh, jacket that will save them from every and any uh, business deals and risk. Mm. True, true. So uh, basically, you're in business now. So in business, we make money, we lose money. So uh, <laughs> uh, deal with it. Uh, it's one of the uh, quirks and perks of being a business person. Sometimes you make money and sometimes you lose money. Find ways to just accept it. Find ways to live with it. Find ways to live with it. Let's talk about negotiation, boss. Um, because now, as a freelancer, you are basically going to be pricing your services. You are basically going to be telling people what you want to be paid. And people would want to see, most of the times, people want to see uh, your projects. People want to see some of the things you've done in the past. And for some people beginning freelancing, this might be wrong, they might not have a number of projects already in their portfolio that we sufficiently... Uh, demonstrates that they can be able to uh, to do that that particular work. Say, for instance, you're already a developer, but you've not built maybe a payment, um, an e-commerce site, for instance. Maybe you're a web designer and you've not built an e-commerce site, but you understand how this works and you can be able to do it. Yeah. What would you recommend for um, these freelancers? How would you say they should... Uh, tell clients that they can actually do this, but even if it's not in their portfolio, how, let's talk about negotiation skills and how they can actually do this. Okay, one, to prepare. That's why it's good to have a portfolio of past jobs. So if you don't have that, start preparing that because that's basically that's basically an aid to help convince your prospective clients that you can do what you're going to say. Your clients are not necessarily going to take your word of mouth. They're not going to take you out your words. They might not believe that, which is why I, I said earlier that you should start with your network. Those are the people that are more likely or most likely to believe your words because they, 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 they will have more knowledge of you than a prospective uh, strange client. So build up a portfolio. Then be ready to take a haircut on payments when negotiating without a portfolio because that's, that if there is no proof of your skills, that the client has no way to accurately measure or estimate your skills, the extent of your skills, yeah, of course, that's who, your payment to suffer. You have to take a haircut on payment on price. So that, that should be expected. Mm-hmm. If you don't have any portfolio to speak of and you you, and you tell the client you can build an e-commerce and you can clone Amazon and you want them to uh, to to credit your account with 30 million based on <laughs> it won't work so be realistic while mm-hmm. in that job you may be worth 30 million but because mm-hmm. because of the doubts that are introduced by you not having a portfolio you will have to take a my stopper a haircut on your price then people should understand that every client wants to pay the least amount possible that that is actually why you're negotiating in the first place because if you people agreed on the price if you agreed on what should be done, there will be no need for negotiation. You want to make the most money possible and the client wants to pay the least money possible. So negotiation is where people will find some form of middle ground that both parties are, are okay with. Mm. So if, do not be shy to ask for what you think you want. And also do not be offended when the client 
he gives a counter offer as to what he thinks you should take. So it happens. And when, when it comes to negotiation, you have to have the difficult conversations. You can't shy away from it because if you shy away from it, and it, the, more, the more there are assumptions about a contract or a business relationship, the greater the risk of you getting the short end of the stick. So you shouldn't assume, okay, ah, he knows my words, for example, and he's going to give me something meaningful. That's the, the, that assumption is wrong. It's, mm. it's clearly stated what the how much money yeah. hand at the end of the day. How much money should change hands? So that is it. I mean, people might who come into freelancing might think that ah, that the what they think they are worth is what clients would think they are worth, which is not uh, practical. So while you expect to make the most money possible, clients are wishing to pay you the least money possible. Yeah, true. Awesome. And, and um, for, for those that have not even gotten any portfolio yet, a, a way to break the ice for you might be, okay, find ways to actually offer a part of the service for free so that this new client can have a feel of you and your work ethic. For instance, say you um, go to a local businesses and you're a, you look, a local business close to you, you can pitch your service for them. Okay, maybe say, I can do this part of your branding or this part of your design. I will do this for free so that they can have a feel of how working for you might be like. So um, then you're... The thing, when you're talking with a client now, instead of the, the, you have a client in front of you, what you, you could do is, okay, since uh, there are some uncertainties regarding my skills and capabilities, how about I give you a discount, I give a, a good enough discount that will make you attractive to the prospective clients. Because you're dealing with this client, you can now start to go and, okay, wait, I'm coming. Now start to go and say, let me work for all these other clients for free. <laughs> You have a client in front of you. So it is that mm-hmm. client, which is why I say you're going to take a pay cut. It's, mm-hmm. it's um, uh, nearly inevitable because you need to make yourself, remember, you're, you're, you're competing with other equally capable, less capable or more capable freelancers. So you need to make yourself more attractive. And one way of doing it, making yourself more attractive than somebody who has a fat portfolio is by, take, by taking less in terms of payments. Mm. Awesome, 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 awesome. So uh you've heard you've heard it from the boss, uh you have to take some pay cuts as and that is the only way to be attractive to some kind of client to till the time when you have now built a body of work where uh you'd even be getting referrals from some of the projects you are working on and uh, this will no longer be not it's people should not be anxious to take every job there are some jobs you have to let go of course it might be hard maybe that's a job you've seen in weeks and you're running out of money but mm-hmm. there's some projects that are not worth the trouble yeah so you should know what projects to accept and what projects to leave you must not accept every project that comes your way and in most cases you cannot so choose the projects you work on carefully because many projects might end up costing you more than they bring to you not just in financial terms. Oh my God. Like this is hitting a nerve. Like um, I heard this said somewhere that, uh, okay, I'll use an example that might seem abstract and then find a way to bring it back to what we're talking about. There's this footballer, uh, American footballer uh, called Tom Brady. He is a quarterback. There are 
there are a lot of quarterbacks in America, but for him, there's something he does specifically very well. He 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 has one of the best shoes in all of American football. Like he doesn't know how to run. He's not very athletic. His build is not very athletic. He's not that muscular for someone that plays American football. But he is. He has won over four uh, Super Bowl championships. And he is rated as one of the best quarterbacks in history. This person does not know how to run very well. This person is not athletical. He's, he's not built athletically like that. He's just very slim and, and slender. But there's something he has perfected over the years. And he has, um, he has worked on something so much that he's so good at it. Now, for, for freelancers and those getting into freelancing, uh, there are projects that will not at your bottom line like there are projects that will not contribute to building your skill set there are projects that um, would even diminish you as a person and as a freelancer would drain you emotionally like oh my god there are some projects you take on and you start asking yourself what was i thinking then i've had um, <laughs> plenty of experience with that so now i'm, I'm uh, not perfect here but i'm trying to learn this skill we are uh, taking on projects would be uh, asking myself some questions. Do I really, really want to do this? Do, do I really want to do this? So like you said, it, it's important to really understand that you shouldn't take every project that comes your way. So think big picture. Where do you really want to go to be your career? And uh, does this project look like something that you'd be happy putting on your portfolio? Or is this project something that will contribute to your skill set as uh, maybe you want to be a brand identity designer, then every single project, someone comes here and say he wants to do motion graphics. Maybe you have a little idea about motion graphics. It's a, you are not, uh, this is not something you are passionate about. This is not something you want to continually do. And you know you will deliver poorly on this, but because maybe you are short on, on cash, you then take on this project and uh, two, three days, four, you start having problems down the line. It, it's not worth it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So um, finally, you, you have to remember that uh, it is clients and customers that are the engine of any kind of business, be it as a freelancer. So you have to communicate effectively like communication is very important don't neglect it like uh, if something is not going to happen when it's supposed to happen it's good you communicate like it's good they understand what is happening it's good they know that okay this this thing you told them would be ready today or tomorrow this is what is happening now maybe you're sick or if something happened this is what is causing the delay it's good you're upfront with communication uh Trust me, because when you execute on a project very well, this would be like um, uh, a training ground and a test ground for more opportunities that the clients can bring for you. How, how, how is it put? Again, let me remember. Uh, a perfectly executed project is like marketing for another project, something like that. Your job products are basically your advertisements, whether good or bad whether you like them or not. Your work is your first advertisement. Mm -hmm. Your clients are also your ambassadors, whether for good or for bad. Mm -hmm. And a poorly treated client would... Um... <laughs> a poorly treated client is going to be a very committed, bad brand ambassador for you. 
that's a very committed one very very committed one uh it's been interesting talking about um freelancing now we'll do another episode where we'll dive uh dive into specifics on different parts of freelancing so um closing words boss i think uh like uh, some african proverbs they say use your tongue to count your teeth and also use the man in front to measure the depth of the river Hmm. While it is rewarding, don't think that you're going to be working as, uh, as as little as you work now under somebody. You're going to be working more. You're going to be doing more things. So uh, use the men in front to, to measure the depth of the river. Find out from other people so that you don't enter into freelancing with uh, some fantasies existing in your head that do not play out in reality. Hmm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Learn from people who have gone ahead and uh, you avoid a lot of these mistakes. For me to you, it would be, uh, don't worry if you've not gotten everything figured out. It's doable, it's possible that someone is doing it. Uh, it might be difficult, but um, if you are already in it, find ways to get better, find ways to improve on what is working and what is not working. You could stop doing them and um, you'd get good at it. Remember to go out and create awesomeness. For most of you, have an amazing weekend. See you next week.